Psalm 66, verse 12. And let's pray. And then we'll get started. Nobody I have to dismiss tonight, right? Okay. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we come before you tonight and we ask you, Lord God, for utterance in the Holy Ghost. Father, you know the needs of your people. Father, you know the things in their heart. You know the questions they've asked. You know the questions they need answered. Father God, we thank you for meeting their needs tonight. I thank you, Lord God, that I don't speak by my own unction or by my own wisdom or by my own knowledge. But, Father, I want to speak tonight what you would have said. And so, Father, I yield myself to you and I ask you, Father God, to use me and to speak through me. And, Father, to help your people go to their wealthy place. And, Father, we ask all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Are y'all in Psalm 66, verse 12? It says, Thou hast caused men to ride over our heads. We went through fire and through water, but thou broughtest us out into a wealthy place. Well, now, uh, I believe tonight is the seventh time, and we've been studying from this book by Dr. Leroy Thompson, Sr., How to Find Your Wealthy Place, and uh, I, I believe this is the seventh. I think I said that wrong last time, and uh, I counted up today, and I believe today is the seventh time, so... Uh, we're, we're getting it done, aren't we? Hallelujah. We're getting some stuff from the Lord. Now, what we've been talking about, I really am not going to take any time to review tonight, but what we've been talking about uh, for the last couple of services is, is nine foundational stones that must be in place to enter into your wealthy place. And so I'll just briefly go over the first five, and then we'll start with number six tonight. Number one is use the word of God that you have proven to fight your battles. And what that means is that you don't, can't just use the word of God to fight your battles, but it needs to be proven in your life. In other words, you've got to have, it's got to be your word. You've got to get familiar with it. Amen? So, uh, and that's a process. It takes time, but you, there's, you've got to start. There's, there's no, not going to be a better time to start. Amen? So you have to start, and you get the word of God in your life. And you get that in your life concerning all the things that you need, concerning healing, concerning redemption, concerning prosperity, and, you know, whatever areas you need. If, child if you're in that place of child raising and child training, then you need the Word of God. See, God and His Word are one. You cannot separate the will of God from His Word. You cannot separate. A lot of Christians don't even know the word, and they're trying to get the benefits of Christianity, trying to live a godly life. You cannot do it because God and his word are one. You cannot separate them. So you cannot have the promises of God without having the promises of God, can you? You've got to have the word. And so whatever you're believing for, you, you have the word on that subject. The second thing was don't be high-minded. And from that, we got it from 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Come to church on Wednesday night to study, don't we? 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17 says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. And so we talked extensively one service about what being high-minded means. And uh, we just don't need to be full of ourselves, do we? 
whether we're rich or poor. But, you know, we talked about how in Timothy here, Paul writing to Timothy was talking to rich people. Well, if you're going to be rich and all of you are planning on being rich, then you need to get these things in your life ahead of time. Amen. Get prepared to be rich. Number three, don't put your trust in an uncertain riches. And it goes on to say that. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. And then it says, which number four was put your trust in the living God. And it says, but in the living God. And number five was learn to enjoy the blessings of God. And we uh, finished that verse where it says, who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. And last week we ended with that. Talking about learning to enjoy money, learning to be extravagant, learning to be a blessing, learning to enjoy spending money, hallelujah, and learning to enjoy giving money. God gives us all things richly to enjoy. You're supposed to be enjoying it, amen. We're supposed to be enjoying life, amen. Not rushing through life, but enjoying life. Now, number six, and this is new tonight, is we tra it's, is train yourself to do good. If you look there in verse 18, he continues to give instructions to those that are rich, and he says that they do good. And so we have to train ourselves to do good. First, uh, in fact, if we let's read the whole thing, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. To do good means to help somebody else. So what you have to do if you want to be rich and get ready for your wealthy place is you have to train yourselves to help somebody else. The Bible says over and over that you are called to be a blessing. In fact, three times in the book of Genesis it talks about that uh, God is... Uh, that you um, that in you all the nations of the earth would be blessed. He made that promise to Abraham. And then in Galatians, it, it, it repeats it and puts it in the a new covenant uh, realm, talking about how just like Abraham, we are to all nations are to be blessed through us. Not just our families, y'all. Not just our blood kin, not just our kids. You know about the little man, you hear about him all the time, that prayed the prayer, said, Dear God, bless our four no more. You won't go into your wealthy place until you have that, that learning to do good attitude, that do good attitude of, In me, all the nations of the earth are to be blessed. And so, you know, you have many opportunities every day to do good, don't you? There's many opportunities to be a blessing. <clears throat> I mean, just so many opportunities to give something to somebody, even if it's to give them a parking place. Or to give them, to let them in, in traffic. Amen? Amen? I mean, to do good. Hallelujah. To do good means to do good. Acts 20, verse um, 35 says, it is, well, let's turn over there. I want you to take my word for it. It really is in here. Of course, you learned this, and I learned this little verse. I remember pretty young in life, we learned this verse. Didn't have any revelation on what it meant. Didn't really believe it. 
It says, I have showed you all things how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Now Paul's saying that Jesus himself said this. How he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And you know, when you're a little kid, you don't really think it's more blessed to give than to receive. You want all the presents under the tree to be for you. You know, you're not thinking about how more blessed it is to give than to receive. But if you get this in perspective and if you really understand this, think about this. It's more blessed to have the resources and to be in a position to help someone than to be lacking and needing someone to help you. Now think about it. It's more blessed to have resources and to be in a position to give to someone than it is to be in the position where you're lacking and you're needing someone to help you. So think of it from that perspective. It is more blessed to give than to receive. When you've got resources and you can give to people and you can do good, you're in a blessed place. You're in a more blessed place than you would be if you have to be in that place where you really need someone to do something for you. You really need to be the receiver. Okay. Um, it is a joy to give and, do to, and to do good to others. When you bless someone else, it means you have the resources to be able to do it, and that is a joy. Train yourself to do good. What you make happen for others will happen to you. What you make happen for others will happen to you. You need to think about that. What you make happen for others will happen to you. You can make things happen for other people. So you need to, and you need to have that perspective. You get that perspective of making things happen for other people. What you do is you begin to be a tool that God can use to answer people's faith. When people go before God and ask God for things, they are in faith and they make a request. Did you ever think about it that somebody's got to be on the other end of God listening and be that answer? Amen. And you need to start being the answers. Even on the level you're at now, you start being the answer for somebody on whatever level they are. Whatever level you are, you be the answer. You may not can be the answer for me tonight. If I've asked God for a million dollars, you may not. You say, well, I can't be the answer for that. But on the other hand, if I've asked God for a million dollars, which I hadn't. I'm just using that for an example. Uh, but if I've asked God for a million dollars, it may be that he's going to have to use more than one person to cause that to come to pass. So on the other hand, you could be the answer. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I know we have this friend in, uh, well, now they're in Vicksburg, but they used to be in Louisiana in a church. And uh, one day she was, uh, her, her name is Sue Landry. Uh, What's her husband's name? Dan. Dan and Sue Landry, and they're pastors in Vicksburg, Mississippi now. But anyway, uh, they, they had a church building, and that afternoon, it was a Wednesday afternoon, or Wednesday morning, they were supposed to go to Golden Corral and have lunch with a group of pastors. And right before lunch, the Lord spoke to her and said, uh, He said, uh, 
I want you to fast today. So she told her husband, Dan, she said, Dan, I'm not going today. I'm fasting. He said, well, man, I can't go eat. If you're not going to, I'll just fast too. So they fasted and they prayed. She knew she was supposed to pray. And she said at one point, well, they prayed for a couple of hours or so. She felt like she was supposed to go out and march around the church. So she went out and she marched around the church. And that night, uh, they had a man come to their church. And I think he was just a visitor. I don't think he was a guest speaker. I don't remember exactly, though, but... He came into the church and he said that the Lord told him that they were supposed to pay off the church that night. And so somehow they received an offering and there was one man there that didn't have anything to give but a nickel. And he felt so bad about giving that nickel. He felt so horrible about it. You know, he just was so embarrassed and he felt so bad about it. But he gave that nickel. And did you know that they paid their church off to the penny? They didn't get one penny more than the note was. They didn't get one penny less than the note was. And if that man hadn't obeyed God and given his nickel. Amen. They would have been a nickel short. And you know it would have still been good. I mean, I could have still got happy of, you know, we got all but a nickel. But how much better testimony to the exact detailed planning of God for a church to all hear. I mean, do you realize the miracle that is that for every person in the church to hear the Holy Ghost? I mean, that's, a, that's like Red Sea stuff right there. I mean, it truly is. And for everybody in a church to hear the Holy Ghost and they get down and get to the exact penny, think of the miracle that is. And paid their church off that night. Amen. Man, God has ways, doesn't he? He has ways. So start where you're at. Don't feel bad about your nickel giving. Don't feel bad to hand somebody $10. Start where you're at. Don't say, well, now I'm going to wait till I can really do something significant. No, do good. Do good. Amen? Find ways to do good. And then he says there in verse uh, 1 Timothy 6, 18. Let me get back to 6. I went over to Acts. You probably did too. He says that they do good, that they be rich in good works. And number 7, to get into your wealthy places, be rich in good works. Once you've trained yourself to do good works... Then you need to continue. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You know, we talk a lot about not fainting, but the first part of that said not to be weary in doing good. We said read there in Timothy where he says that they do good, that they be rich in good works. That should tell us by reading Galatians that sometimes after we've done good a while that there's a temptation to get weary in doing good. To kind of let up on our do-good. Amen. Amen. Do you know, you can get weary in those things or you can be tempted to. You need to just make up your mind ahead of time that you're going to be instant in season and out. That you're going you're gonna to do good when it feels good. Sometimes it feels really good to do good. Sometimes it doesn't feel so good to do good. You know, it really does. I, I mean, I know it does. I mean, sometimes, you, you know, we let our moods and, we, and also we let other people, we let, you know, we may come to church with a plan to do good and we may let something somebody said or something, anything like that affect us. 
And we and that, and you know, grow weary in doing good. Just back off from doing good. We're to minister to the body of Christ. We're to give to the poor. We're to assist widows and orphans. Galatians 6:10. I'm going to turn over there and read this to you. Right there where it says in verse 9, it said, And let's not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Verse 10 says, As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men. But then it says, especially. Now they say that with me, especially. Because a lot of people get this mixed up, so that's why I'm emphasizing it. Do good unto all men, but especially who? The household of faith. Not especially the poor. Not especially orphans. See, a lot of people will want to make a pull on you and, 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 and really pull on you for the poor especially. Now, we're to take care of the poor. We're to be tender-hearted towards the poor, and we'll read a scripture here about it in a minute. And, but I tell you, and this is true with all giving, you, you need to be led by the Spirit. Amen. Now, we talked about Sunday night, and I thought I probably ought to clarify that a little bit, because I don't want you to ever think that I was not, I'm not tender-hearted towards the poor. And you do have to guard against not getting uh, uh, hard-hearted where the poor is concerned. You have to guard against that. And, and, and I didn't want you to think that I thought that, you, you know, I, I just want you to know I believe in giving to the poor. And I know you're supposed to, and I do that. I think the real poor, though, most of the time is people that don't even ask you. They're really poor. That's real poverty there. And so you have to be led by the Spirit. I would do anything God told me to do. I, I've been, I've been, I've driven in a, a Birmingham when the guy was standing by the side of the road with a sign, and you know, I. And I felt like the Lord said, give it to him. Give him $5. Give him $10. And if I feel like the Holy Spirit says it, I'll do it. Amen. Amen. But I would say that 95% of the time when I see something like that, I just drive on by. You've got to be led by the Spirit. Now, you're not going to hurt anything. You're not going to hurt anything if you give to somebody and maybe they weren't good ground or they weren't, you know, they didn't do the right thing with it. You're not going to hurt anything. But I look at it this way. I got, I've got this much cash in my pocket and God, it's yours. Now, you know, I'm going to listen to you, Holy Ghost. Amen. I'm going to listen to you. Amen. So, you know, because truly, and we talked about this some Sunday night and I wanted to clarify it, but... There are some people just work in a system. Amen. I mean, they are. Amen. And, and I tell you, though, a lot of Christians, you know why they're still calling us three and four times a week? Because every once in a while they, they, they hit somebody that'll do it. They hit a church. They go down the phone book. They call everybody in their yellow pages. 
and they find somebody that'll do it. And, they, and you know, you know what? And, and, and they're working, and you know, you can hear the cable TV blaring in the background. I mean, many times you can. This is not poor. If you're really poor, you don't have cable TV, honey. You, you know. I mean, I, you know, we're getting honest about where to give to, so you're going to be led by the Spirit, right? And I wouldn't let, because I hear TV sway me. It's hard not to, but, you know, they could be over at Grandma's house using the phone or something. But a lot of times they don't want to work. You could offer them a job and try that. I mean, sometimes they don't want to work. Sometimes they don't want to get healed either. There's a lot of people, I'm telling you, there's people who don't want to get healed because they'd lose their check. Okay, so we're led by the Spirit, right? We're just led by the Spirit. We listen to our heart. We just look at our heart. And if you don't know what your heart's saying yet, say, I'll get back to you. Amen? And you don't have to walk it. See, you know, but the devil tries to do this little number thing on you of like, if you were really a Christian, you know, if you really cared and if you were really a Christian, well, I tell you, I really care and I'm really a Christian and I'm doing good to all men, especially those that are a household of faith. Hallelujah. But, you know, I'm not going to do you any good if I give you $10 to spend on drugs. Amen. I mean, I'm not. Amen. So, you know, praise God. We're led by the Spirit there. So we're rich in good works, especially to those that are of the household of faith. Being God's partner. See, when you're blessing the household of faith, you're God's partner. You're partnering up with God. He's able to tell you things to answer people's prayers. Somebody in this earth has got to answer people's prayers. Somebody's got to answer prayer. I'd be the catalyst that God uses to answer prayer. Hallelujah. Okay, so you get to be that. Proverbs 19, 17. Let's read that. So we need to keep our heart pure where it comes to the poor and not get a callous on us because we know that there's people out there that are working a scam. Thank you, Jesus, because we know that. We still don't want to get a callous on our heart where God can't use us. You get hard-hearted, you'll get mean. Amen. Verse 17 of Proverbs 19 says, He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and that which he hath given will he pay him again. He that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord. So we're not supposed to turn our back on the poor, are we? Hallelujah. God, God will honor it. That's what that means. Turn to Luke chapter 12. So I wanted to clear that up from the other night. If I, clear, I hope I cleared it up some. That we are to pity the poor. We are to keep our heart tender. Amen. But what you don't feel led to do, family, don't you ever feel guilty about it. What you don't feel led, now if you don't feel led to tithe, I'm talking things the word says to do, then you got a problem. But I'm talking about when it comes to things that are, you know, decisions you have to make concerning what you're going to do, 
If you truly fought, now if you're fighting the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's saying do something, your conscience is going to convict you. But if you're not fighting the Holy Spirit and your heart's open and you're willing to flow with God, don't feel guilty. Don't, you know, and I, I'm the, I can say this because I'm the chief guilty feeler. I mean, I'll say, you know, and he, my husband's having strike me out all the time. Pastor will strike me out. He says, you know, I'll come in and say, you know, I just didn't feel led to do that, but I felt so guilty not doing it. And he'd say, and you know, he just gets on me. Quit feeling guilty. When you're led by the Spirit, don't feel guilty. Amen. The devil will keep you under guilt if he can. He'll keep you under guilt no matter whether you did the right thing or the wrong thing. It don't matter. He'll just, he'll just make you feel guilty for all of it. And see, the devil, he's religious, and he'll try to pull religion on you. And 12, 16 says, And he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. Now look at this rich man here. He's getting rich. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? He's getting so rich, his ground's bringing forth plentifully, and he thought to himself, What shall I do? And I'm going to insert something right there. And God said to him, Why don't you give some of it away? But he said, I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns and build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. See, he didn't have any thought towards what God was let, leading him to do. When the thought came to him to give, he cast that down. <laughs> and he said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll build a bigger barn. And I'll just store more of it away. I'll buy another CD. I'll invest in more stocks. I'll build a bigger house to hold it all. I wouldn't give a stick of this furniture away. I'd build a bigger house. I don't care if it has to have 232 rooms. I'll still build a bigger house because I'm not giving one piece of this stuff away. See how, that, see how that could work? I mean, we're not like that, but there's what. And he said, And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. See, we're to be rich in good works. We're supposed to be rich toward God. We're supposed to be have our heart turned towards God. Our heart turned. See, this is part of getting ready to be in your wealthy place. Family, if your heart's not turned toward God with the little bit that you have, then it sure won't be turned to God when, you, when, when you're blessed. Amen. So you get your heart turned toward God. You start practicing doing good. Amen. Luke 16, 19. I feel like I'm plowing ground tonight. <laughs> Am I? Am I Mr. Schneider? He said, amen, it does feel like it. Amen. Luke 16, 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which laid at his gate full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. 
And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And besides all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from hence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. Then he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. In other words, they have the word. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto them, If they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither will they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. So, I mean, I tell you what, now this is rich revelation passage of scripture here concerning all sorts of things concerning heaven and, and hell and things like that. But I want you to know here, if you read this religiously, you're going to think that this rich guy went to hell uh, just because he was not, because he, because he didn't help Lazarus. But that's not why he went to hell. He went to hell because his heart wasn't turned toward God. If his heart, I mean, he didn't have a heart towards the things of God. And if this man had had a heart toward God, and if this man had been open to God, then God would have asked him to help Lazarus. Amen. Amen. But he did not go to hell because he didn't help Lazarus. People don't go to hell because they don't help the poor. Amen. People don't go to hell because they don't give. People go to hell because they don't receive Jesus. Amen. And if you don't receive Jesus, you hadn't received God. Amen. Amen. And so we can misunderstand that scripture. So we need to be uh, ready to give. Amen. He didn't help Lazarus because his heart wasn't rich toward God. Now, number eight is, the, is found there in 1 Timothy. We're getting there. We're getting there. We're plowing through some stuff, but we're getting there. Y'all don't mind plowing through some stuff, do you? Okay, and he says that they be ready to distribute. Now, number eight is that you be ready to distribute. Now, first of all, we've said that you be rich, that you do good works that you be rich in good works, and now that you be ready to distribute. And what that means is be ready to give when the Lord tells you to. I'm going to read from you from the book now. Just a little, some passage here. I think he says it better than I can. Hallelujah. Let's get happy. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Are you ready to distribute, to give, when the Lord tells you to? I fall out with excitement sometimes when he tells me to give money away. Why? Because every time God asks you to give something, he's always trying to get something better to you. Your giving bypasses hindrances or obstacles Satan tries to put up. He is not a giver. Say, Satan is not a giver. He is a robber. Amen. So when you give in faith, you get out of his category. When you give, you get out of the devil's category. Amen. When you withhold, you're in his category. Amen. Mm. When, you get to, when you get to loving people and giving to them, you get off the devil's turf. And he can't stop what God wants to do for you. If you have bills you need to pay off, Jesus already knows how he's going to get you out of debt. God has a million ways to get money to you. 
But all he needs is one. You remember the 5,000 who were fed because of the five loaves and the two fishes the little boy gave up to Jesus? That little boy was ready to distribute. Jesus asked Philip what they were going to do to feed all those people, but Jesus already knew what he was going to do. Also notice when the fish and bread were multiplied, Jesus didn't hand it out to the people himself. He gave it to the disciples and they distributed it because they were his distribution center. In the same way, God wants you to be a distribution center for him. God wants you to be a distribution center. A pipeline that will pump out the blessings to others as he pumps them into you. You have to be ready to distribute. You shouldn't have to pray to get ready. Listen to this now. If you have to pray about everything for two or three days, it could be too late for God to use you in a particular instance determined to be a distribution center for God. See, you need to get ready to be ready to distribute. Amen? Being ready to distribute. Now, I want to tell you something. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. I know this as much as I know the, I'm Debbie Billings, that the number one reason that Spirit-filled faith Christians are merely blessed but don't get over into true prosperity. Did you hear me? Just blessed but don't get over into true prosperity is they are not ready. They are not willing to distribute. Oh, they distribute every once in a while, but they're not ready all the time to distribute. In other words, God can't use them all the time. It's, they are not pipelines. They are not distribution centers. A lot of Christians leave their billfolds at home and their checkbooks at home when they come to church. They do. You are not a distribution center and you are not ready to distribute when your checkbook is home and your billfold is at home. You know what you are? You are a reservoir. You are storing up. You are laying it up for yourself. You're saying, I just give once a week or I just give once a month. No, we're to be ready to distribute. We're supposed to be on call from the Holy Ghost. I'm on red alert all the time. Now, I just have so much and he knows how much is in there. He's not going to ask me to give $1,000 tonight because there's not $1,000 in mine. But all the rest of it is ready. It is ready. It is his and it is ready. And you will not get into your wealthy place until you get ready to distribute. Some, and I'm going to get into the, now you thought I was plowing ground before. Did you know that there are people in this church, I might as well just say it, because we need to clean up some things in our lives tonight if we're going to get out there in the wealthy place, that have told us, Pastor, I'm going to give so-and-so amount to this church, and they didn't do it. Sometimes people say, I'm going to give so this amount to this project, and then they don't do it. God was speaking to them, but the longer that you go before you do it, the more your mind will oppose it. And Satan will even get in, and he'll begin to throw up opposition. In other words, he'll, he'll come around and steal it from you. You wait, you hesitate, and you'll be paying a doctor bill at the end of the week, and you won't have it. Because Satan will oppose it. See, he's going to oppose you getting seed in the ground. 
He's a po- he is in direct opposition to you getting seed in the ground. Because he knows if he can keep you from sowing, that you will never reap. And if you never reap, you'll never get into your wealthy place. Now, let me tell you how to clean all this up. Do what God says quickly. Keep your word. Even if you have to pay it out, keep your word. Even, listen to this, even if the need has already been met, but you said you were going to, you better do it. If you absolutely cannot or you believe you have spoken out of the will of God. Now, God gave me all this this morning. I can get this from Leroy. If you absolutely cannot pay it, you vowed something and you cannot pay it, or you believe you have spoken out of the will of God, then you go to the person you promise and you ask to be released. I don't care, family, if you told your next door neighbor you was going to give them a baby bed. You better give it to them. You better keep your word. Turn to Numbers chapter 6. Y'all really do want to learn how to prosper? Even if it hurts? You know, I was reading in Hebrews this morning. I guess God was setting me up for all this. Because I was reading in Hebrews this morning how we're to love when God chastises us. The chastening of the Lord. We're supposed to love it. Amen. Thank God that we know that he chastens us with the word of God. So if you're getting rubbed a little raw tonight and you say, oh, the word of God's chastening me. Amen. Some of you need to clean up some stuff, I can tell you. I'm I'm going to be honest with you. I was sitting at my desk getting this message, and God reminded me something I'd told a woman I'd give her, and I hadn't done it. I'd let her borrow. And I said, yeah, you can borrow that, and I hadn't hadn't brought it to her. I hadn't done it. Well, I I have it here tonight. She's not here tonight, but I have it here tonight because God was cleaning me up tonight. See, we need to keep our word. We want to go to the wealthy place. We better keep our word. And I tell you, not only should we keep our word to people, but we sure better keep the things that we've vowed to God's works and God's houses. Amen. Now, you know, sometimes you can get in a place where uh, maybe, well, let's just read number six and it'll speak for itself. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When either man or woman shall separate themselves to vow a vow of a Nazarite, to separate themselves unto the Lord, he shall separate himself from wine and strong drink, and shall drink no vinegar of wine or vinegar of strong drink. Neither shall he drink any liquor of grapes, nor eat moist grapes or dry. Let's see. I think I was not supposed to read the whole verse. I looked this up. I read it. <laughs> Y'all, somebody's going to have to help me here. Numbers chapter 6. That's what I have wrote here. 
No sense reading this, though, if it's not right. But basically, I'm going to just have to tell you what it says. But basically, what it says is that if you vow a vow, you better keep it. But it says if a woman vows a vow in front of her husband or in front of her father, maybe somebody can find this scripture while I'm, these scriptures, it's really a long passage I was going to read. But anyway, if you could find this, uh, if you vow a vow, a woman in front of her husband or her father, and her husband and father, he just stands there, he doesn't say anything, then she is bound to that vow. And it says in the, you know, says a man, if he vows a vow, that he is bound to that vow. But it says if a woman, if she vows a vow and the husband says, no, 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 you're not doing that, then she is released from that vow. Or if she's under her father's, uh, still in her father's house and she's still under his um, authority, that if he, her father says, no, 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 you may have vowed that vow, but you are not doing that, then she is released from that vow. Amen. So wherever that scripture is, y'all don't keep looking for it because we'll miss a we'll miss the rest of the thing. But we'll find it sometime. And so, so basically, what he says is he tells them in the Old Testament that they are to keep their vows. What they pledge to do, they are to do. And so, you know, you need to tell someone if you're not going to do what you said you're going to do. If you've told pastor that you. Uh, would do something and then maybe you felt like you vowed uh, and you really weren't led by the Lord or maybe you and your wife were in agreement you know what you need to come clean that up with pastor he'll release you from it we're not going to say bless God yes you do have to pay that no we want to release you from it we want to get you free you can get in your wealthy place amen and then you know uh, if you you know God gave me several scenarios here you know, if you vow a vow and then you realize, you know, maybe you pledge a $500 or something, and then you say, well, you know, I'm just going to have to pay that out. I'm not going to be able to do that all at once. You see your finances, you realize you're going to have to pay that out. You know you need to make that clear. You need to communicate that with pastor. You need to, you need to make that clear on your offering envelopes and, and whatever. Not that we look at offering envelopes. We don't. But I'll tell you what can happen on something like that, which puts you not having completed your vow in your pastor's eyes, is what can happen on something like that. You come up, pastor, pastor, God spoke to me. I'm supposed to give $500. And you know what? Then he, the next month, he looks at the, the, the totals. He sees totals from the accountant. And he says, and say it was to the building fund. And he sees, well, you just gave $200 to the building fund. You know, he's thinking, well, what happened? What happened? Well, you know what? You need to communicate. And you say, well, that's between me and God. Well, it wasn't. As soon as you told somebody, it got not between just you and God. Amen. Now, you don't have to tell this pastor you'll give anything. It is not required that you ever say anything like that. But people tell us all the time things they're going to give. Most time, everybody follows through. But sometimes, and, and you know, I know that the heart's right. And Pastor knows that the heart's right. But you know what? You're never going to learn how to do it right unless we teach you how to do it right. We're just going to, and if we don't teach this up here, yeah, this might kind of rub you the wrong. But if we don't teach this up here, you know what? You'll just keep doing it wrong. And God can't honor it. What you tell people you're going to do, family, in every realm, you got to do it. Where you tell people you'll be, you need to be there. What you tell people you'll do for them, you need to do for them. Amen. Amen. And then it says, be willing uh, to communicate. Philippians 4. Man, I am, I'm mad I didn't find that scripture. 
Hallelujah. Philippians 4.14. It says in Philippians 4.14, it says, Notwithstanding, ye have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. For even in Thessalonica ye sent once and again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. But I have all and abound. I am full, having received of Epiditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Family, God supplying our need is talking here about people that are willing to communicate and are ready to communicate. So we need to be willing and ready to communicate. People's giving opens the door to their receiving. And we see right there that their giving into Paul in his need, in his need, opened the door for their receiving. Now I'm going to read to you again from the book. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, to lay a proper foundation and enter into the, no, excuse me, down here. In meetings, I've seen people give their last 20 or their last $100. Your heart goes out to them, but you can't stop them from doing it because they're planting, and you have to plant before you can reap. See, now the religious mind would say God wouldn't want you to give your last $10. Oh, yeah, he would, because you're going to starve to death if you don't. Now see, do y'all believe that? I was like, <sighs> see, because it really, you start thinking, oh my, you shouldn't give to the church. We ought to give to you if you've only got $10 to your name. See, that brings me to this point. When somebody tries to give you something, don't ever turn it down. Uh, no, oh, I couldn't take that. No, 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 I, I don't ever turn it down. They have to sow. They need to sow. See, you're turning their harvest back when you won't receive what they want to sow into your life. Don't even say, you know, I just, I, I, I don't know. You need to learn to receive graciously. Gifts and everything. Family, whether you need it or not has nothing to do with it. I've actually tried to give people stuff before and they tell me, I don't need that. I don't use those. Like what does that, what difference does that make? Just take it and pass it to Hannah Home, hon. Receive my seed. Receive whatever is offered you, no matter what it is. Don't, don't, I've heard people, you know, well, I don't like that. Receive. Receive. You know, don't, it doesn't have anything to do with whether you like it or not. It doesn't have anything to do with whether you need it or not. If you can't receive, then we got a deeper problem we need to dig out, and that's pride. Pride or just wrong teaching. You just hadn't been taught that people need to sow their seed. Amen. 
So what do you do? You just, you just love them for it. You just thank them for it. Thank you. You know what? It doesn't matter if it's good or bad, if it's the ugliest thing you ever saw. You know, people are good when they give. People are good when they give. So just love them for it. Just love people for giving. Just thank them and tell them, you know, you're a blessing. You are such a blessing. Because when people are giving, they're being a blessing. Amen? And sometimes I've been there, family, when I didn't have anything much to give. I know one time, oh, this was embarrassing. You know how when your kids say things? And we were in one of those places, and it was my stepmom's birthday, and we were in one of those believe in God places. You know where those are. I mean, we were believing God. We were believing God for the groceries, and it's stepmom's birthday. But I had some pretty stuff in my house, so I picked this brass box out, and Eric was two, and it never, mm. And so I, I took this brass box, and I wrapped it all real pretty for Rita's birthday, and we took it over to her house. Happy birthday, Rita. And you know, this little two-year-old said, we had that in our house. I was like, shut up, kid. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Hallelujah. See, it might have been all they could find to give. I know Joyce Meyer, you know, she talks about, you know, walking through your house and looking for things to give. And you know what? Even if you don't like it, it can be a seed for you to sow. Amen? Amen. Just pass it on. Just pass it on. Now, sometimes I even tell people that. You know, I've got this. I don't need it. I want to sow it in your life. But if you don't need it, you sow it to somebody else. Amen? Just giving is a lifestyle. Just giving, giving, giving. Amen. Let me see. I'm going to read. I want to finish reading this to you, and I lost my place, but I'll find it. too much about this business of giving and receiving to apologize for encouraging people to plant financial seed so that they can reap an abundant harvest. I can say with Paul, no, I don't need the money. It's not that I desire a gift, but I desire that fruit may abound to, people's, to these people's accounts. Now, you know, this brings up some things that get criticized in faith churches and in faith movements. You just take people like Leroy Thompson, and I mean, it's common knowledge that the man has a $15,000 dog. We talked about it before, but I mean, that's common knowledge. I mean, <laughs> I know that most people are like, I don't know how a dog could be worth $15,000. But uh, anyway, and so the religious people that fight him and other faith ministers on the internet, one of the things that they say is like, you shouldn't give to people like that. Look at all the money he already has. See, they don't understand this principle. They don't understand that it's not that we're giving to Leroy because we want him to have more. It's not that we're giving to Pastor Thompson because we, want to, we think he has a need, although anybody like this usually has a big vision. Amen. But that's not why we're giving. We're sowing seed. We're not giving for his sake. We're giving for our sake. Amen. See, it's up to God to meet his need, not up to me. 
That's why you don't have to ever feel guilty. If you don't have unction to give, don't give. If your heart's open to give and you're open to God, but you just don't have unction that particular time, don't give. Amen? But be willing. Be ready. Don't be playing tricks with yourself. Oh, yeah, I'm ready to give. Where's the checkbook? Well, you know, I don't bring that to church. Well, you're not ready. You know. So, Leroy, that's why we sow in places like that. And that's why those people, they don't have a clue. Now, they may be saved. But, and, and, they're, and, you know, they may be wonderful people that love God. But you just know when you read that stuff, they just don't understand the word. There's just parts they hadn't been taught yet. In fact, I got to where I am today financially through planting, through communicating as concerning giving and receiving. Every time God told me to plant, did you hear that? Every time God told me to plant, I planted. You know, you, see, you may, if you're not ready and don't have your heart and wallet open to God, He won't tell you to plant if He knows. God's not going to say give $100 if He knows you won't. Every time God told me to plant, I planted, and fruit began to abound more and more to my account. Once fruit begins to abound more and more to your account, and it will abound when you communicate as concerning giving and receiving, you can't just stop there. You have to be willing to communicate continually. So it's just not a one-time thing, family. Hey, say this with me. This is forever. This is forever. Amen. One of the greatest dangers wealthy people face is keeping riches to themselves. Ecclesiastes 5.13 says, There is a sore evil which I have seen under the sun, namely riches kept for the owners thereof to their hurt. Riches kept to the, to the owners thereof to their hurt. We have to stay in a state of readiness concerning distributing and communicating. We have to be willing. Isaiah 1.19 says, If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. So refuse to be stingy. Be willing to communicate. Now, in laying a good foundation, you need to remember that the just shall live by faith. So in addition to your obedience to the scriptures to lay a proper foundation, you need to use your faith. Once you've laid the foundation, you can make some bold confessions in faith according to the word of God that can loose money into your life and free you to enter into the wealthy place. Now I want to give you some instructions tonight and then we're going to have the ushers pass out to those that don't have one the confession and we're going to do that tonight. But I just want you to bow your heads right now and we're going to clean up this. We're going to clean this up. Now I want to tell you something. We're going to clean it up right now and for I don't even, you know, I, I said there's people in this church. I don't, I'm not even thinking of anybody. I don't even know who it is. I just know that a lot, a lot of times people tell us what they're going to give. And so I'm not pointing my finger to anybody or anything. And, I, and I'm going to tell you something right now. If you realize that that's you and you have done that, now I'm not telling you what to do concerning other people that you've made commitments to, but I'm going to tell you what to do concerning this pastor. Pastor and I are going to release you right now tonight. Amen. Release every, anybody that's ever said that to us. From this church, from ever, the church before, and even people not in church that ever told us they were going to do something and didn't do it. We're going to release you. Amen? Then you are, do your own repenting to God. Amen?
Because you really, you know, it's not us. It's between you and God. And so we release right now. And I'm telling you right now, you do not have to come to this pastor. I wanted to be free to teach this. And I wanted to help you with it so that you would stop being rash with your mouth. And stop doing things that you haven't determined in your heart you're going to follow through on. You stop saying them. And when you do say things, you will follow through. And so we're releasing you now. And you do not have to come to pastor and say anything. Because he knows that in this service, everybody in this church got it right. But you do are under obligation to do whatever God tells you to do. So, Father, we come before you tonight, right now, and I thank you, Father, that this congregation is released from any vow that they have made and did not follow through on. Father, I, I just sense in my heart that there are people here that have made vows and they didn't follow through them and they don't even remember them. But I thank you tonight, Father, by the blood under this word and the anointing of this word that is every bit washed clean in Jesus name and father I pray and believe that because we are facing this tonight head on and we believe right now by faith that you've washed us in the blood as we release faith in this that father we are prepared and we are clean to enter into our holy place now father we come before you with hearts open that are ready to do good ready to be rich in good works ready to distribute willing to communicate we determine father god that from now on the holy ghost can speak to us anytime in the night anytime in the day anytime night or day and what we have we will freely give we have yielded ourselves to you in the name of Jesus. Now, family, I'm praying this, but if you agree with this, you would indicate it somehow to God. He'll know if you're talking to him. You just indicate that somehow to him and saying, Lord, I'm willing. I'm ready. I'm ready to go to my wealthy place, and I'm going to be willing to communicate. I'm right here on this level now. And, Father, I may not have much cash available to me, but, God, I'm willing. I'm ready. You can speak to me, dear Father, and I'll be ready. In fact, I'm on red alert. All I'm listening all the time, listening for you. That's how you get ready to be in a wealthy place. That's how you get ready to be that distribution center, to be that flow through for God so that he can use you. He wants to put millions in your hands, but he wants you to not be a reservoir. He wants you to be a flow through, willing to, distri to, to distribute. Amen. Family, the rich man, has, you've got to guard your heart if God's going to make you rich. Father, we commit before you tonight that we will not become greedy. We will not be prideful and say we got this with our own hands. We will not become high-minded and, and look down on other people and become snooty in the name of Jesus. But Father, when we will be tender-hearted and we will pity the poor. Father, we commit these things to you tonight, dear God. Father, we let you have all of us. We are yours. Father, we ask you to forgive us every time we've ever turned you down in the past. When you said give a certain amount or we were prompted by the Holy Ghost. And Father, we believe your word that you will bless us. And Father, we know it is more blessed to give than to receive. Thank you for being, bringing us to that place that we have resources to give in the name of Jesus. And Father, we will not just build bigger barns to store them up in. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your... Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Now, hallelujah. Family, we're clean by the blood of Jesus. It don't take any long penance or knocking your head against the wall. It don't take all... It don't even take it like, I'm so sorry, oh God. No, it's just like, God, I see that. I'm, I just... Lord, thank you for cleansing me. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. And we're ready. Ushers, would you pass out those confessions? You are ready for your wealthy place. We got all nine of our foundation stones in place. If you have missed sessions, get the tapes and, and get those foundation stones in place for the wealthy place. Hallelujah.